0: All right, welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds today from sunny Nevada, Adam Lopez, and Vice President Information Technology at the Goodwill of Nevada, which is no small operation uh, by any means. Uh, A lot of times people might think, oh, my small little Goodwill in town here, but no, you guys are big time. How many, just out of curiosity, how many employees do you guys have, you know, locations spread across the state, just to kind of give you an idea of of your operation there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a little bit less than a thousand employees, volunteers uh, across our Southern Nevada.
0: No one would have thought you'd said a thousand. You <laughs> <Right. laughs> I mean a thousand? It's just a lot. And I was, we were talking for a few seconds. If you were hiring right now, you said you were hiring, um. What what are we hiring for? Like help desk or uh, help desk
1: and, and green recycling, right? But so we do a lot of green recycling with you know. What do we do with those big CRTs, right? What do we do with those big office jet printers that you guys have sitting around? That's cheaper to buy a new new printer than it is to buy the ink cartridges for, right? Quite so sad, but
0: true. Yes. Yeah,
1: I know, right? Mm-hmm. So what, we take apart all that stuff, and we get the, the you know, there's a little bit of gold in there, a little bit of you know, whatever it is, and we kind of you know dismantle it and you know, send most of it to Dell. We have a great contract with Dell that kind of takes on most of that stuff. And then the gold stuff, we kind of, you know, put on eBay and try to get a couple bucks for it.
0: Nice. That's one thing. How many people are working just doing that? So we have. That's actually a, kind we, of a cool job. So you're telling me you're hiring people to just take machines apart and pull the oh, yeah. gold out?
1: Absolutely. I mean, gold prices are at all the time high right now right? Why not? Right.
0: So of, I'm buying gold. Uh, I, I, I bought gold for the first time. Like I, cause I had this gold guy call me all the time and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this time. Let's, <laughs> you know, you got to explain to me because gold guys really get into the coins and like, you really got to understand all of this and the spot price and all that type of thing. So
1: a lot of logistics there. I, I've seen my couple shows of uh, the, the gold miners out there on A&E, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? But, you know, oh, that's I, I, I do know how they do it. <laughs>
0: Uh, that brought up a hotel memory watching Gold Miners. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, so cool. You're hiring guys to take apart old machines, mine the gold. Level one helped. Just out of curiosity, do you find it hard to? Is there the gr- is the great um, resignation true? Because I I know that where I'm at right now, half of the gas stations. You name it, Starbucks, whatever it is, we're closing early due to a shortage of staff. What has happened to the world? Are people working?
1: <laughs> Good question. I I go to Chili's with the kids in the same kind of scenario, right? It's hard to find <laughs> somebody to just take my drink
0: order. Right, where's my chips and salsa? <laughs> right, exactly. <Where's> <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean,
1: we. Do, I mean, again, we have the same struggles everyone right? We know we're not the highest paid for paid, uh, you know, company out there. We're not competing with Google. Our goal, our philosophy here is that we are, we are, we understand, we understand that people need a starting place, right? And that's what our goal is. Like you come in, we, you, we're going to train you up into these uh, individual, you know, uh, you know, if you have, if you're coming in IT blind and, you know, you saw the Google ad and said, oh, become a project manager or become a, you know, become a, a cybersecurity analyst, you know. We help you define those kind of goals, like understand that. So, you know, we have a training program that we're working with, uh, something called Tech Impact, to put those through. And we're also working with Google right now on a grant to be able to help people say, hey, let's get them in classes to understand first, you know, the basics, right? Level one security. What is a computer? What is A-plus certification? Super simple stuff. And then what's unique about us, since we have such a big, You know, uh, since we support such a big uh, amount of a large amount of people, we're able to uh, facet them up with one of my team members. So our training courses go, hey, you come in for a five week training course. One of the weeks you're going to be with our network engineer, one week with our infrastructure manager, one week with our apps team, one week with our cybersecurity and one week with Green, which is our environmental services team. This gets you a little bit of a taste of everything. And then you're understanding, like, what is it I want to go after? And how can we supply that? How can we support that? Because again, a lot of young people just, they want to get an IT, just don't know where they want to go. So let's wet their whistle a little bit so that you can push them in the right direction.
0: IT blind. Let's take off the blind. I love it. And I have... Again, talked with many people, and I have my own biases as to where I would go if I had to go into IT and. Oh, I
1: would change
0: uh, yearly. <laughs> and take a job, you know. Like there's some that I would think would be fun, and there's some that would be like depressing. I think. <laughs> It's in the ones that I think would be in the ones that you would think would be like a fun kind of exciting role, like maybe like software development or something. No, I think that would be the most depressing role stuck in like a dark room with screen barn Not, or oh, a bright room. People don't
1: understand the, the bad side of software. You know, like 90% of your time is testing, right? You know, it, like, it, it, so, developing is cool stuff, but testing is like the
0: blind. In the guys that I thought would be kind of miserable, like the data center guys, cause they're stuck in like, what would seem like a prison all day yeah. seem to be like the most happy, excited people because <laughs> exactly. they're just running cables and plugging stuff in and, and racking and stacking and making things, you know, and power and like compute power. And, you know, yeah. now, no now we can rip it all down, start over <laughs> again.
1: You know, they're on their own, they're on their own timeline, right? They, they, they just, no one asks them what they do. It's kind of like that, that hidden like, We know they're working because things are moving, but you know.
0: I just, I haven't met an unhappy data center guy yet. That's not to say that there aren't out there, but I just, I haven't met an angry data center guy. Now, I've met many disheveled, let down, kind of depressed, where's my direction in life, (laughs) IT directors and managers, (laughs) which brings me to you. So (laughs) you're somewhat new to the organization and I love the fresh start stories because typically, and I got done doing a cartoon with my um, my book, I guess, project manager, director guy before this, because we have an editor and we've got this other thing too. And he's doing the, he's sending the cartoons off to the New York times guy. But anyways, and one of the cartoons was like, Phil, I don't know the caption for this cartoon and the caption for the cartoon. Basically it's the, it's the, it's the men's bathroom and the network closet in one. So it's it's for everyone that's had the, you know, the you've got your your rack, you've got your power, you and it's in the bathroom. This is a real thing. Like this really happens, right? And so he, he was like, I don't know how to caption this. I was like, just put the I the new IT director and just put like, you know, welcome to your new office or first day of work or you know, first day of work, or whatever. So you mentioned you you mentioned scrum in our previous you know conversation which is mm-hmm. which like you mentioned is the time in a rugby match where like all the guys like if you ever watch rugby are like all together in a circle and they're all crowding together and somehow a ball pops out and we're figuring this out and you mentioned you know it, you were kind of like it was like when you came in it was really like that it was like okay like hey we'll we'll take on this we'll take on that what was it like coming into a new organization, what do you see that was going well? What do you see as far as a digital transformation? Is there any insight there, anything new that you pictured coming from your past experience into maybe the nonprofit uh, with a considerably large number of end users? Any advice for a new IT directors taking on a new role when you come in, you know, looking around what you see and, and what kind of what kind of changes need to be made type of thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, I think that mainly, like, they always say when you go to a new job, you shouldn't touch anything for, you know, six, you know, everyone has their different variations. Like, don't touch anything for a month, two months kind of scenario, right? And I think I've had that advice given to me by a couple, like, senior people that I look up to, right? And and I understand that. But where does that line fall when you're just seeing everything just eroding around you and say, okay, I got to stop the bleeding, right? Where's the tourniquet at, right? Well, sometimes
0: there's a lot of, it's kind of like, um, low hanging fruit, yeah. I guess you could say there's a lot of, there might be some low hanging fruit, some things where, you know, quick wins I've heard, cause I've heard people say, yeah, don't touch anything. Don't fire anyone. Don't hire yeah. a bunch of, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, I've also had other people say, well, just get some quick wins too, because there's probably, there's low hanging fruit in every organization. It's not to pick on the goodwill or anyone else. It's it's going to be no, almost absolutely.
1: everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. And I I think that's with any IT organization, you know, coming from the casino industry, the same, we have the same philosophy, our same problems when we come in. So, you know, mainly like, you know, and and again, I, and I use use the analogy for scrum, uh, you know, a rugby match because, I have great people. I mean, the, the people I work with are phenomenal, right? My, they, the, you know, they've survived here through just pure grit. You know, a lot of them are not like these, you know, graduates from, you know, these. Uh, but that's the number uh, one talent,
0: people. right? Isn't that what yeah, everyone exactly. wants? And, and I'm pretty sure there's like, a book. Isn't there a book <laughs> grit? You know, isn't there right. like, you know, <laughs> okay, go ahead. But I love it though, because you know people that, you know, again,
1: they, they, they just don't give up, right? They're just yeah. like, Hey, their tenacity. They're, they're going to go after it. But, you know, but when you have that analogy of like, "Hey, here comes the ball," and everybody's just jumping on it, you know, there's no organization, there's no there's no flow, and there's no ownership, right? So it doesn't give anyone the the the, the right. Uh, how do I call it? The right ownership. The the, the habit. Because when you achieve something, when you finish a goal or a task or something like that's you kind of take that self pride. But if someone if you started it, someone else takes it from you. You you kind of get depleted. So when I came in here, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we need to get some some setups and standards. So what I did is I kind of split up. I, I self-promoted some of my help desk team. So I said, hey, we don't have a huge team here. We understand that. So what I said is like, hey, you know, I brought in my office. I said, what, what what gets you up every day? What what drives you? And, you know, one of the young ladies here said, I like cybersecurity. I said, great. We have nobody over cybersecurity today. Uh, let's get you started. So she started researching all this stuff. and I said, hey, we're going to upgrade of, uh, our network to Fortinet. So I said, I want you to understand Analyze. We're going to put that into our network. You know, it's going to Look at traffic. We have some great apps that defend, you know, uh, against our network. But we want to get, you know, more understand our network traffic, our bandwidth, and be able to segmentate some of that and throttle some of that traffic as it goes through. Uh, another young lady says, "Hey, I really like applications. Great, let's get her." Another young man said, "Network." So, you know, their time is spent half on the help desk answering calls, but the other half, they're spent. Doing something they enjoy, and what I found, what they did, is that you know you're not having to give them much direction; they're just going after it. So now we have a weekly cybersecurity meeting with this young lady that I kind of self promoted, and she's she's digging into it. So we're launching No Before, which is your you know your your basic you know software to uh, let people know about you know spam and filtering and stuff like that, and fishing, spear phishing and stuff like that. Because we're what, getting which a one lot is it? Like it but, which application? Uh, uh, no Before. Okay. So, you know, again, it's just a kind of that, 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 that training module to say what to look out for. What are these? Because again, I think we're all getting hit by those spirit right now, you know, and how do we, how do we whack them, you know, like whack them all
0: out there. I had one that was so good the other day. I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Like it almost got me. I was like, I can't believe it almost got me.
1: Well, you know, they're coming to LinkedIn now, which is interesting. So I had, yeah. I just started last week. I had a, someone sent an email on my behalf to uh, our, our HR department said, Hey, um, you know, Adam Lopez, you know, uh, can you please change my routing and ABA number for, for, you know, for my checking, for my checking account? Of course, they (laughs) they flag it, but, you know, it's like really bad.
0: Yeah,
1: but what we're seeing a lot of right now is that, you know, a lot of the the instance we're seeing is ex-employees, like, hey, this person's left. No one cleaned them out of AD because they want to keep their email for, hey, I might get this random, you know, email. So, you know, that's part of the job of going through and cleaning all that up. So we've been doing a huge cybersecurity initiative over the last probably two months here, and it's been great. You know, our Microsoft score goes up, makes everybody happy, and, you know, it shows our network is doing a little bit better and stuff like that. So so that's kind of fun stuff like that. And then we have, you know, again, go back, though. we have the network guy that's, you know, really enjoying network. We're installing Fortinet across our network, so super excited to, to get that traffic in there. And then also, you know, we have our development team that's kind of working on some cool initiatives as far as inventory management. And as I explained to you earlier, I think our goal is to create an
0: ERP system in the future. So that would be on the roadmap, so to speak.
1: Yep, correct. When you I mean, we're, we're a unique industry, right? I mean, it's yeah. not like we run these... so. Yeah, let me say. Goodwill has two parts of it, right? First is the philanthropy part, right? Philanthropy is what we do, what we give back to the computer. And that's a community. That's the most important part, right? We have classes that we go through. We have a CNA class that we uh, bring people through. And the other arm of that is our retail shop. You know, that's the one where you, you donate a shirt and then you kind of see, hey, you know, where does it kind of come from then? Uh, what, what, what comes out of that that money then is given back to the computer? Not only is jobs because we do hire a lot of people in the community. But we also have programs out there that supply that that do training. We also provide bus vouchers. Uh, if you're, you know, you don't have enough money for a job interview, we'll give you a career coach that, you know, give you a resume and also give you a $25 gift card or $50 gift card, something like that, for Goodwill. And you can go out and get a new suit for yourself for an interview. So we do a lot of that stuff to be able to help support in our community because we want to make sure that's our number one. That's the number one goal
0: here. Does IT Take any part in the data gathering of such information. I would imagine that the I would imagine that there's a lot of data out there for poor inner city sections of the United States. There's got to be a lot of data somewhere that would be very Absolutely.
1: useful. And that's my bag. So I'm, uh, you know, that's where I primarily focused in the casino industry was data, data analytics, data analysts. And, you know, so so bringing that here, I'm able to understand where that, I mean, pre- previous before, I you know, again, I think we're starting to understand what do we do with it, right, first, and how do we collect, right, because I think we do, a, we're not doing a great job at it, you know, again, with, there's always movement room to improve on collecting data and then mining it of course as well as we have so i think the philanthropy part of it does a great job of it through you know our applications that support it but you know what happens to the guy that just drops off a shirt right in the goodwill uh donation center how am i to say okay you dropped off a shirt but then the guy behind you drops off a louis vuitton you know luggage set right but how am i going to be able to say how can i track that guy right and say hey you know what like the shirt guy is great. I appreciate it. Here's your email. Thank you very much. Your email but how do I get that guy that said, thank you for dropping off that Louis Vuitton uh, set? Because that's going to, you know, we're going to put that on eBay and that's going to give us some great money and going to what it's going to, what, what you helped cost. Right. So that only does subtract the donor to understand where, you know, where their philanthropic is going towards, but also gives them that feeling like, Hey, look, I helped create this job or I helped create this opportunity for somebody else.
0: Or vice versa, how many of those guys that you gave a $25 gift card to and a job Absolutely. application Where got, a, got a job that. and were successful, uh, what zip code did they come from? What zip code did they come from before then? Uh, I'm course, just yeah. fascinated sometimes with, because uh, I was looking at, <clears throat> uh, I'm doing some uh, some nonprofit work uh, and sit on an admin board for another, like one of the very poorest sections in, in Hartford, Connecticut. And when I started looking up, the demographics. I mean, there's literally a road like Albany Avenue that you can draw a line, and on one side of the road, all the people for the next whatever five blocks or whatever it is make 25,000 a year, whatever it is. And then on the other side, they make 32 or 35 or more a year. So it's amazing to me that literally a city block grid. Um, that there can be that big of differences in in unemployment and, in homeless rates or whatever the heck it is. And there's some way that we can track all that data or someone already has it. And then it's a matter of how are we going to crunch all that data and and make it useful to people. And then if we go into that neighborhood and we give them um, clearly, I have a bunch of kids in the background. Um, Um, if we go into that neighborhood and then the Goodwill starts doing X Y Z or whatever organization, how can we track the data to see if it's made any you know impact on that? Impact,
1: absolutely, and I think those so, are key indicators that you pointed out that aren't currently being tracked. But again, how do how do we track those? Right? So no, those are great right points. I was actually talking to my our VP of uh, Mission Services yesterday, and we were talking about that. How do we how do we capitalize more off of the data that we collect, and how do we get uh, more of a understanding of, you know, the, not only donors, but also the, as you hit on the head, like the, the individuals, we do track some individuals, you know, you know, we do have the the people that we kind of keep in contact, yep. but I mean, to do that from a broader perspective would be, you know, phenomenal.
0: Um, budget, budget there for IT growth and everything. How do you balance the budget at the Goodwill and your philosophy in general on selling? Executive management that XYZ upgrade is the right decision to make, and we need to spend money on IT. And just in general, the what are your thoughts on IT as a cost center versus mm, business force multiplier? In your case, nonprofit force multiplier.
1: Yeah, it's huge, right? I mean, everyone's looking at the dollars, right? We know, again, we don't, you know, how much, you know, we we go, and, we have a board committee that we have. 12 people board and you know we have to make sure that we present you know what we're going to spend next year for the budget right and we have we have it's a double-edged sword because we have two facets to to manage we have our philanthropical piece of it and then we also have our retail piece of it right we know the you know the 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 retail piece brings in the money right for the for the most part, we do get grants and other stuff from the philanthropic piece of it, but how do we kind of support both at the same time and make sure they're both successful. So, uh, you know, like this is my first year coming through the budget. So I, I kind of shop for the moon, you know, and kind of, you know, try to get as much as we nice. can and fill the holes in that I feel we have. Uh, but it's a, did you part shoot
0: right. the moon successfully? <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll see. There's budget meeting is in a couple
1: of weeks. So I don't okay. know. Uh, I'm optimistic, but we'll see. Uh, you know, we, you know, my predecessor, you know, that was here before, he had some good thoughts and bringing some stuff in. So he thought about, you know, we need to upgrade the, up- the the network, right? We we need to put in some failovers. We need to put in some, you know, some DR and some, you know, so, as well as some, you know, uh, you know, just some redundancy through our networks to make sure that, hey, if a good, if, if you know, our ISP goes down, uh, we're able to quickly pivot and go to another ISP or, 5g or whatever that solution may be. So, you know, we're putting that in place as we go for this year and then for next year as well. But it's, it's a tough thing. How I look at it is that two parts, right? One is that the budget, right? You try to shoot for the moon, what you can. The second part that I like to look at is the actual cost savings that we can do for next year. And I didn't say hide. I don't want to say hide the ball, but more like, okay, if I'm paying my ISP provider this and they're providing me end to end encryption encryption, but I'm able to move over to, uh, you know, a Fortinet that already has an SD-WAN in it to support, uh, and and, I, you know, they're gonna, that's gonna reduce my cost tremendously, right? But where can I allocate that money to, right? Because again, I you know, I might save 10 percent, but I want to reallocate that to IT. So that we're not losing
0: anything, right? I that guess. same IT provider or the same yeah. circuit that's coming from, we can just layer in a secondary circuit absolutely, with right. uh, path, path redundancy, redundancy path, yeah, path redundancy, absolutely. you know? Yeah, so, so, so
1: that's our goal there okay. for that one. Then also there's other opportunities, right? We're using a company that kind of created what is our kind of pricing system, uh, you know, and, and, and is there opportunity for us to develop our own? right? Again, we're paying this company for it. Can we develop our own?
0: What do you mean uh, pricing system? A- what do you mean pricing system? So,
1: when your shirt comes in, right, you know, you donate your shirt, you know, we have a, a pricing system that kind uh. of you click know, on button. It says, hey, this is a large shirt. Uh, it's red. It's by Dolce uh, Gamana.
0: Charge five bucks, this, charge you know, ten bucks, whatever. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. It. And then it does that, right? So, Interesting. You know, how do we, you know, how do we first, like, you know, make sure we're not leaving money in the table? Because again, I think there's some cool analytics we can do on that to say, hey, can we build some kind of API that kind of goes out to eBay and see what's sold and get a more accurate pricing on that, right? Because understand if we're leaving money on the
0: table. There's, that's a data scientist yeah, piece there. Absolutely. That's some kind so, of algorithm that's some Absolutely.
1: In. I'm sure it's out there, right? It's just, you know, to build it. But, you know, those are the kind of things that we're doing. We also do a tremendous amount of money on our e-com, which is books. So we do a tremendous amount of money on books. So a lot of these books <laughs> that people donate are great. We have a system that kind of goes through, and we have a, you know, it's a manual system right now. I'm trying to automate this as well. Is that we kind of go down, they sparse barcode the book, and then we enter, we, we determine if it's salvage risk, it's just not worth anything. Uh, if Amazon wants to, if it's a good seller on Amazon, hmm. or if it's a good seller on eBay. Wow. And then that that goes then into that pile of, hey, it's going to go up? And it automates, the software is pretty slick. It automatically automatically lists it on eBay, so it makes it available. It goes into our counter system and then uh, it ships out once it's sold. So that's a kind of a cool, uh, cool initiative that we have there. And then, you know, how do we uh, from from a uh, from five thousand foot? What other cost savings are there, right? So I see some other opportunities to do some cost savings on some other applications that we're using, and just going through that as far. As, but it's, it's a it's a tough balance because, like I said, you know retail is the, the, the tail that wags the dog right we know it brings in a lot of money we had a lot of money come in from it but you know it has to be you know it has to support all those people that work there at the, all the facilities and it's a lot of manual manual labor and these guys I give it to them they go out there and just grind it out every day to make sure that this stuff's separated make sure it's on the floor make sure it looks pretty and if you it, it's absurd. School, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah. It, I've it seen is, the drop
0: off because I have
1: eight.
0: I have eight kids. Okay. Either so you know, every right. year I'm dropping off, like, you know, and like I think the one of the, all the Goodwills, sometimes the little donation form that you get back, some of them are like so busy. They just I think they just sign a bunch of forms in the beginning and they just leave a stack oh, yeah. of signed forms <laughs> <laughs> Here, take it, take you it. You can't go. blame them, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? The poor guys, and we're trying this is not a it. dump site. This <laughs> is not this <laughs> is sick.
1: And we're trying to grab analytics for these guys, like, and they're just like, "Hey, I, I count the cars. That's all I do." So, okay, I can't ask you for anything more, right? You know, and you know, future, a future, like, you know, a, a development would be, "Hey, can we put on some kind of AI camera in there to track the cars that go through? Do so we get a better understanding of what we're tracking and
0: don't t shirt sorter, clothing sorter? I mean, yeah, it yeah. could, you could really get. We can put put Elon Musk on this one, you know, (laughs) forget about Mars, forget about (laughs) Mars, like seriously, uh, outstanding. Did you see the
1: robot that he came out with? Like, I guess all I saw was pictures.
0: Was it actually doing anything? I never,
1: I heard it dance a little bit. Uh, I heard there's lots of wires, <laughs> like hanging out. I think he's everywhere.
0: just mad at Boston Scientific. I think they're beating him. Yeah. <laughs> that,
1: that was my first yeah. thought. Like, like, isn't Boston Scientific already doing this? I, I'm pretty
0: sure we got like got robots running, and then everyone's like, you know, this is it, Terminator, Armageddon. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's real. It's real. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end. Let's um, let's do a section of this show I haven't done in a while, which is um, it's fun because I know that you're of the same kind of generationist because we were talking about home health care services the earlier. Yeah, and, and but And how I'm probably going to need that soon. The, <laughs> uh, the, what did you do? What was the most fun thing that you did prior to the invention of the internet?
1: Oh, wow. Does this have to be IT related or just in general? Can't show. be.
0: I mean, I guess it could be. I would say not IT related, but I guess, yeah, prior to the internet, that does. You're right. We were wow. playing Nintendo and yeah, I mean, CD-ROMs yeah, and we were building, Mario? building 386s. Yeah, and Oregon, and, Oregon, if you
1: want to go back, we do Oregon Trail, you know? Yeah, no, it has
0: to be not. Okay, sorry. It has to be. Yeah. I, I guess I need to take technology out. And you're like, <laughs> right. God, I don't know. Like, uh,
1: <laughs> no, I, I remember playing a lot of flag football. Or not flag, just football. Like two-hand touch football, which, you know, in yep. my neighborhood, I grew up a little rough. So it never was really just two-hand touch. It was two-hand push, right? Nice. You, know,
0: you hit that at Yeah. Remember the playgrounds? Like yeah. I always love the old eighties, like memes where it's like my slide versus your slide. <laughs> my <laughs> slide <laughs> burnt us. It was like a metal thing with no edges on. Like my slide was oh, like, yeah. you know, you fell. I remember a kid falling off just like the top oh. of the slide. And like, yeah, it was got so hot in the sun. It was basically just a piece of metal that like, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the,
1: the playground was just a dirt
0: pile. The playground was yeah. just a matted down dirt pile. I remember playing football. Yeah, and like, yeah, it was just, uh, here, I'll tell, I'll I'll share a story because I told my son the other day, I was like, "Uh, don't tell anyone this because I I was like, if you did this now, if we did what I did when I was a kid we'd all be in jail. You wouldn't even be, you wouldn't even be born. <laughs> I was like, you wouldn't even be born. Cause I can't remember what it was. We're out serving. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, that guy would have gotten a drive-by with the paintball gun. When I was a kid. <laughs> right. Cause we did, we did drive-bys with paintball guns. We what? shot sparklers with the metal part bent off out of CO2 cartridge pellet guns. We, when I finally got my license, I'm pretty sure we had Roman candles out the window, like driving down the street. You just did did crazy stuff back then and no one oh, you just I don't man. know how we didn't get in severe trouble <laughs> <We did cameras laughs>
1: like, back there was no you no, fe- you cell no cell phones yeah <laughs> lot, man. you couldn't oh, just yeah, rip I- out a phone oh. it
0: was like we would take it we would go by the beach and there'd be like crowds of people, you know, and a a bunch of crowds of like, I don't know, seniors or people older than us that, you know, whatever. And we'd light a, we'd light an M80 and like throw it into the middle of the group of people. We'd be like, we'd be like, look out, you know, boom. (laughs) Like I'm probably revealing myself too much now. I'm not like this anymore. I'm not like this at all anymore. I'm so straight edge. I'm serious. I was telling my kids, I was like, you know, you just can't, you can't do that stuff. So that's, That concludes this section of what we did prior to the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And then now it's like, we're lucky if people come out of their house and you don't see kids at a, if you see kids at a restaurant without on their phones, I I see four four high school kids are on their phones, but well, we're responsible for it. It's our fault. Um, and you lead the, you're leading the digital revolution. Okay. You're, you're, making it, (laughs) you're making it worse. You're training people how to keep this stuff up and running. <laughs> um, I don't know.
1: I'm but I can't even get my app to work for the damn, like, the kids to say, okay, I just want an app that just shuts the freaking phone all the way down. Just, you know, just, I, don't, I, I got this <laughs> app called Bark, and it's supposed to tell me of all this. And my, my daughter's right now is in Hamilton. She loves Hamilton. Like, every soundtrack, uh-huh. she knows all the musicals. But, you know, they have some F-bombs in there, and, like, I get the alerts <laughs> for that. But I can't set the damn thing up and say, at 10 o'clock, that damn thing better shut off. It just shuts off the Wi-Fi, but the kids are smart enough now. Like, oh, I got apps that, or I can download the videos, and I can still play through it, right? So hmm. it's it's the ongoing battle. Is the ongoing
0: battle? Yeah, it's true. I do have to download it. I do have like the that is the one Google product that I own. Um, is all my kids. Um, all my kids like Google tablets. What's wrong with me? Why am I having a brain? What do we call those things again? Like
1: family
0: circle. Oh yeah. Whatever. I have that. So I can shut down like, you know, so-and-so downloaded Zom's Royale. How did he download that application? I shut that down. (laughs) Delete. So I can like delete that. You know, I can see what's going on and then like, Hey uh, mom, I need your password for a second. So I can, um, I need to do something for school. Right. And then we see, downloaded whatever game i'm like and then i'm like you lied to me you said that was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, so yeah. I I oh, yeah. oh, it's it's a...
1: the same thing like you give your kids credit cards you think okay my kids are 11 right 11 year old so like you know when you know, that <laughs> no kids wait in got my a, house we just we just got them cell phones right so we well, said, let, hey, let me you ask you a question though no, first
0: let me ask yeah. you a question how many kids do you have
1: just two, just the twins.
0: That's, that's uh, why. Uh, oh, twins. Yeah, okay, that's well, great. Yeah, yeah. so we'll you're, they're going to do everything for them forever. I, I'll bet you, you guys do their laundry and, you know, <laughs> feed. I bet you, you feed them, you know, for example. <laughs> no. Like me, See it's it, like yeah. I'm looking at my kids like, hey, uh, what's for dinner? Uh, why hasn't the laundry <laughs> no. been done? Um, this needs to be vacuumed. And, uh, did you defrost the, <laughs> cause oh, it's no, just not like possible. Tell,
1: like the, the, the orders are coming out. They know like they're a pack dishes. They're getting, you know, okay. cleaned up. Okay. Uh, like a I grew up in a rough neighborhood
0: <laughs> playing. We didn't play a touch football. Let me tell you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I brought them outside and they're like, uh, you know, in Vegas, you know, we don't have the, the nicest weather during the weekend. So, you know, we're in hundred degree weather. And they're doing yard work and like, hey, it's part of the, part of the routine here, man. You gotta, you gotta tough them up a little we
0: bit. We need to trench, uh, 20 feet for the new fiber optics, <laughs> the fiber optic, uh, you know.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, have you ever, have you read the, have you read the Will Smith book? Uh-uh. Oh, really great book. So no, I mean, I, I, I read it before the whole, you know, controversy happened, but really good. I highly suggest it.
0: No. What was the it's controversy? Yeah, I've had a lot of, I mean, cause I feel like it's he's really always
1: Right, oh, the, the slap of the Christmas.
0: Oh, okay, slap. yeah. I mean, I yeah, have no, all no. my friends are from like I have probably like a good twenty percent of my friends are from Philly. Like yeah, okay, hardcore, like hardcore Damn. Philly. Not yeah, like, oh, like the okay. Philly, like if I brought my parents down there, they'd be like, Oh, get me out of here. Where are we? <laughs> Anyways, but go ahead.
1: No, 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 yeah, the same thing. So he talks about his life growing up in that kind of scenario. But you know, one of his things with growing up, his dad was like, he made him and his brother build a wall, a brick wall. And he talks <laughs> about like, what do we, and it's just a random brick wall in the middle of nowhere, right? And these guys had to do it and just taught him, like, you know, they, you know, they had, they weren't done until they were done. His dad just made them just build this damn brick wall. And his dad's military, ex-military. So, uh-huh. you know, he, he, he's having them report in at seven o'clock. They're building this damn wall and they're like, asking a question, why are, hmm. and, you know, more questions they ask. Of course, the bigger the wall has to be. So these four <laughs> kids are just trenching, trenching, trenching. But, you know, you know, there's a story behind it, right? Of course, taught them, you know, the discipline and, you know, kind of that kind of thing as he as went through life and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. But, you know, it goes back to the family dynamic of, you know, again, like, you know, you know, as we grow up these kids off of technology, how do, we, how do we, you know, one, how do we kind of separate them from that? Because, again, I think we're going to have a generation of kids that are just born off of YouTube, right? They're just going to be, they don't know what to do outside of They're going to have social anxiety. They're going to have, this is what, this is, they don't know anything outside of that. And that's going to be scary, <clears throat> right? How do we, how do we do, how do we adapt to that? And how do we, you know, how do we manage it now? So it's not going to be that scary. It,
0: it, it is difficult. I, um, I never thought I'd be a homeschooler. I was the guy that said that held all the stereotypes about homeschooling. I, um, always wanted to kill the TV uh one and then about 8 years ago I actually did took the TV and literally threw it away um homeschool my kids believe that some of the traveling to like traveling can be some of the best education and I don't mean like traveling to like Disney World I mean like traveling to like a small village in the middle of nowhere in oh, Egypt yeah. in Egypt where the power goes out and well. there's no toilet paper and but they come back and they're like, that was the best experience of my life. And I remember, I just, I I was, this came up the other day because I was, I, when I did go to Egypt and I've been to Egypt three times, two of the times I was thrown in jail because they thought I was like a fake spy from like, turkey or something with a fake American passport yeah yeah it was <laughs> no I honestly it probably was but um I, I understand why they did it it was all good and it, I wouldn't exchange any of the experiences at all because no, because because yeah. the guys that I was thrown in jail with too were like all like it was um, they all had crazy stories and amazing stories too and it was probably like 20 Palestinians so, complete side note and when, when you get thrown in jail in Egypt there's always going to be like 20 to 30 Palestinians in there and the reason why is because they have no airstrip in Um, there's no airstrip in the Gaza Strip anymore. So they can't actually fly home. They have to fly into Egypt and then they have to go over through Gaza or whatever to get home. So because it's a dangerous area at night, the Egyptian government purposely throws them in like the holding cell keeps them all safe, feeds them, and then puts them on a bus the next day and takes them to the border themselves. So it's actually like a good thing. So I was actually, so I'm in there talking with all these guys and I'm talking with this other guy and it's like this, you know, wonderful, bad experience all at once. But when I did go with my kids and my daughter before, I went, we went to go visit a friend and he lives in literally a a very small village in, in Egypt. And we... The hospitality was unbelievable. And awesome. him and his brothers and stuff, they took us everywhere. They took us to, like see the pyramids and all this stuff. And I just remember sitting down one night and we're sitting around in this huge family kind of like gathering. His brother, their kids are there, his other brother's there, the you know, the women are in another section and all the sisters, just this huge kind of like family thing. And they all live in this one kind of multi-story building. And then at the top of the building, there's all this rebar coming out in case they need to build another story. And his brother asked me, okay, so like, what's the best thing that you've seen so far? What's, what's the best thing that you've seen so far? And I said, it's this right here. That's awesome. I was like, it's, it's this. It's I was like... I, I don't think you understand, like in America, it's, it's, it's not like this. No. It might be like this in some, because some people, if you have a, if you have a really strong cultural background and, and, you know, you've, you've kind of migrated to America or something, it might be like that for some. But I was like, I was like, my brother lives a mile and a half down the street. I haven't seen him in five years because he's got a, a thing or whatever is, you know, whatever it is. I was like, even though I tried to, you know, reach out to him, he's got whatever his thing is, you know? And... He lives a mile and a half down the street. I was like, you guys eat every meal together. Baby. You know what I mean? Like you guys, your kids are like getting the kind of like you know how they say like I whatever. Hil- it's Hillary Clinton didn't say it, but she's like famous for saying you know it takes a village to raise a you right. know, child or something sure. like I'm like that's really happening here. Your kids are outgoing and and talkative and and very respectful and they understand these different levels of how to speak to different people and elders and how to treat things and the, and the level of servitude, like a kid, like the kids serve, you know, clean up. It just kind of, it's like all natural. I don't really understand how to, the other thing that was kind of funny is like, they don't understand pets because there's so many cats and dogs that just run around (laughs) wild. They're like a cat will just run into the house and they'll be like (laughs) shooing the cat out with like a broom. (laughs) Like get out of here. (laughs) Like you have these as pets? Like what? Anyways. Um, so I don't know how we got on that. It was something about the kids and the, the, the yeah, lockdown well, I mean, and throwing away the but TV. I, mean, I was the
1: same way as you, right? The only way I, I, you know, I went to high school, I learned about traveling and stuff like that. But like, you know, as I think I told you before the show, you know, I spent seven years traveling around the world on a cruise ship. So not, I didn't do the luxury stuff. I was more, I managed the casino as well as surveillance system on the cruise ship. So I did a lot of IT stuff there. Cut my teeth on a lot of learning in that instance, which was great. But I got to go to Egypt. I, I wasn't in jail. I did my biggest thing was, I was going <laughs> down to I was going down to the uh, tomb of King King tomb, uh-huh. and there's these beautiful hieroglyphics on the wall, as you know, right? Uh-huh. But you're not allowed to take pictures because you know, it, it, you know. So you got this guy that's following, making sure you don't take pictures. So I'm going in there and trying to sneak pictures as you go down,
0: right? Because it's so beautiful. Nowadays, it's nothing. You just have a pen, and you'd be like.
1: Right, right, exactly. (laughs) So I'm just taking pictures, and the guy comes up, taps on the shoulder, takes my camera, and it's uh, it's a tourist kind of thing, right? All right, you pay him 20 bucks, and he gets your camera. Oh, yeah, bakshish. Bakshish. Bakshish.
0: Give me a tip. That
1: was why I got uh, in trouble in Egypt. Yeah. No, I love, I mean, again, that was, you know, it, you don't see the stuff, you know, when I travel traveling to Germany, going through Checkpoint Charlie, when you're going through, you know, uh, Africa on a safari. Yeah, I've heard
0: Germany can be a little strict with those checkpoints. Standing uh, you know,
1: I don't know. I mean, again, when we walked through, it was very, you know, it's more of a picture taking opportunity that I saw uh-huh. it as. I mean, okay, I don't cool. Know. It's, you know, but this was, you know, probably 12 years ago. I haven't been there lately. Um, Could have changed, but I mean, it definitely is, is a lot different. Um, but you know, it's it just, just traveling. I think is, is a huge thing that we need to do. And I know that, you know, that the technology is trying to bring you that you're, uh, you know, you put on the goggles or the VR and you're kind of there, but you think you're still missing out. That, that It's cool not right. difficult that said,
0: to do either. It's really yeah, not. That
1: piece, that piece you said was, you know, being in these places, right. Uh, you know, I remember I was, I did a trip and was the, the this cruise ship will probably never do this again, where we went through, uh, Dubai. Uh, we went to Qatar. We went to uh, Saudi Arabia. We went to Iran. Uh, we went through all the Arabic countries, and we went to Iran. And you know, you know, foreigner here, half Mexican, half American guy in there. Like they don't, you know, you look They're like probably Italy just
0: speaking Arabic to you. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they thought, close, right? <laughs> they thought so you, the you were thing, Arab. <laughs> yeah. So the first
1: thing we do, we say, "All right, let's go to." Let's. We got to get some money. We need to some change. So we go over there dollar bills right You're like okay let's go over there we go to the bank and you know we're waiting in line they say hey take a seat and uh you know next thing we know some guy comes downstairs and it's the bank owner or the boss whatever he says you guys come with me and we're like two american guys are all like, oh, shit we're in for it now they bring us upstairs and we're sitting and he up starts there. serving you and, and, yeah he starts giving us tea he's like tea coffee he brings up the. This- of, of just, and he wants to talk to us he's like will you come to my house and meet my family we're it's like, amazing
0: no, no, we're isn't we're it the hospitality is like an Arab hospitality is like if you haven't experienced it it's on another level
1: oh it was amazing it really he was he would Man. he'd have
0: you come and stay overnight in his oh, house he would absolutely. all of that
1: the taxi driver was like well you're, you're coming to our house to eat for dinner that was taking us around We've been in for, for the whole day. <laughs> we're like no I like, we, we would love to we were only there for like maybe eight hours right we love to, but we just can't. But it was just such—it was so fun just driving around and just kind of seeing the different pictures you see on the news and just—it was it a.
0: It's never what you see on the news. It's never. Now, what well, I'm seeing,
1: seeing the pictures of the ayatollahs on the wall. And yeah, stuff
0: yeah. like that. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you, I see what you're saying from that standpoint. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's not as scary being there. Yeah. Is not as scary as yeah, like so you awesome, know
1: hospitable. Uh, it was crazy.
0: Um, to not get off track on it, the. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think we figured this out yet. So I keep answer, asking because someday someone's going to have the answer. What's the end goal? What's the end goal for IT? And I don't, I'm not like a retirement guy. I'm not, I, I do everything kind of backwards from everybody else. Uh, I don't, you know, I'll probably work forever and not work as well forever. So what's kind of the end goal for IT people? So we've got kind of the younger generation that they should get off. They should get started, level one tech support. They should kind of do the, you know, just to kind of review, going IT blind and kind of figure out, get a taste for all the different areas of IT. Don't just think, you know, hey, I'm going into security like 90% of everybody now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, get a taste for it. So we got that. But what about the end game? What's the What's kind of the, you know, for a dad with twins that's VP of (laughs) IT and that's been in IT for a long time, um, you know what's kind of the end goal, or what's the purpose in, at the end of all this? What what would you like to do, or, or how do we get out? How do we cash out and just make you yeah. know millions and be done
1: with yeah. it? Yeah, well, that, that's everyone's goal,
0: right? <laughs> you know? I mean, at fine. least you well, said it. Okay, if I yeah. said it, I'd be a <laughs> right. money grubbing, you know, money hungry, like selfish bastard. But anyways, the so, so um, <laughs> one so is two paths, right? You
1: either want to like you know, you know, I got a buddy that uh, he's a GM of a casino in like middle of Oregon, nowhere, right? Like, but it's beautiful, right? It's, not, it's about a half hour from the coast. Uh, but he's just like small casino, not, you know, not a lot of pressure, you know, again. So it's either like, hey, uh, you go work for a small like shop that, you know, that you know pays you enough to get by and you're, you you could sustain their network, their infrastructure, kind of give them some ideas to grow. And, you know, again, you're not looking to get rich off it, but you retire off it, right? That's one goal. The other goal is, is you know, is to develop something that, can be transformational for the for the next generation, whether that's through an application or through a service. And and, and you pick up a lot of these as you go through as a leader, because you're you as an IT leader, you're you're dabbling in every little facet of the of the um, of the industry. And and as a entrepreneur by heart, which I was never successful, but as a at heart, I was <laughs> always wanted to be. Uh, you know, it was always one of those things that like you're able to pick up key little things. But, the, you know, as you learn as we get older, is that understanding, is that key little thing that, you know, that's missing in this, you know, paradigm, uh, is, it, is it feasible? Is it, you know, can you do it? Is it, is it going to take millions of dollars, you know, because, again, you know, that doesn't make sense. But something that, you know, it's always like that guy, like I, I know a friend of mine, his father invented something that goes on a, a railroad engine. I can't even tell you what it is. But it's this patented part that's about this big. And his family set up for the rest of his life because he patented that part, and everybody needs that part. Kind of scenario. So it's the same kind of scenario of like you're you're if you're able to find that kind of that piece of the puzzle that can patent or kind of like hey, the guy that you know the guy the classic guy is the credit card processing guy, right? The guy that you know he gets what. A, a fifth of a cent off of every time you swipe, you
0: know. I, you That's just reminded me of that. You just <laughs> remind, reminded me of Old Man Marley. So yeah, Old Man yeah, Marley yeah. was uh, this old ninety-two year old dude that when I started out at this Cisco startup company, and we were out, you know, I had no knew nothing about technology, and they're sending us out into the streets to sell Cisco iAds and uh, mm-hmm. voice dynamic allocation and SIP trunking, and you know, I walked into this pharmaceutical enclave of so to speak of massive buildings one of them was completely empty except for a cubicle one cubicle off in a dark corner with a bunch of servers in the background and the whole entire human genome was along the 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 wall of this building i i found an old man back there and he talked to me for like three hours and when i got back to the office they're like oh You ran into old man Marley. The guy sat on the atomic bomb committee had worked with Einstein. He's like, every time you flush your toilet, you pay me one, one hundredth of a cent, (laughs) one, one hundredth of a cent, because I invented this little thing that moves the turds around inside the sewage, inside the sewage, whatever plants. And he had (laughs) all those servers in the background. We're running like the very first type of crypto. It was insane, dude. He was doing something, something with, he's like, the future is going to be like this, you know, the, El-, he called it the elder dollar after his name. He's like, we've got to base it on some level of human desire because that's the only way that it's going to work. And we can't use, you know, sex, because that's going to create disease. We've got to use like gambling or something. I was like, what is this guy talking about? (laughs) It was wild, but that's the memory that you just sparked. So what about this though? Realistically. So what I've found being an entrepreneur um, that somehow made it is that why not just um, layer in what you already know and just rework the program, just rewrite the program. So from an IT perspective this is what I'm thinking. I don't think enough IT directors, VPs of IT, CTOs, CIOs, I don't think enough of them have good MBOs, management by business objectives. Why not write into your contract? Why not sell yourself as part owner in the company? If I do X... I, as my job, I will come in as the director of IT, and I will grow the profit margins by X, Y, Z. And if I don't, don't pay me. But if I do, pay me a bonus, or give me some kind of stock options, or give me some kind of ownership so that I can cash out someday. Yeah. Why not that?
1: That's, I mean, that's a great philosophy, I, and I think that you know, IT is often overlooked as that. As you said, it's also always looked at the cost center but there's opportunities where we're growing into different facets that we can make. If if
0: you just want to take a paycheck, fine. But as you get older and as you grow older, you're going to realize that you're worth more than you think you are. I think most IT guys are worth more than they think they are. And there's people out there willing to pay you what you're worth. You just need to find them and you need to be good at I don't know, ne- negotiating your own self-worth. And I think yeah. if you're a hustler IT guy and you love what you do and you work hard, then you should be able to put in, you should be able to put into verbiage or into your work contract or something like that. Be willing to, you know, be willing to put your like money where your mouth is or whatever that saying is supposed to be. Why not put it in your agreement and just say, hey, look, I want to raise but I don't want to raise just because I want to raise and I'll tie it to performance. I'll tie it to performance. So I will overperform or I'll outperform this metric or I'll, because what do all companies want? They want growth. All companies want, you know, you know, so why not tie yourself into that, tie your, tie technology into the growth of the company if you can. And if no one has any clue what I'm talking about, and this is, Flying over your head, like, whoa, how the hell do I do that? Just look up MBO, uh, MBO, um, you know, IT technology or something like that, and start to figure out how areas in your company that you could greatly influence that would. And this is just coming to the top of my head because I would, I, I see so many people that are in our age range that have, I don't know, may, I don't want to work for another 30 years not even 20, maybe 10, <laughs> you know? So how do I get out? I'm, i want to think like, how do I, how do I make the next 10 years exciting? And how can I give back to society in the world and over the next 10 years? And at the same time, how can I self perpetuate something so that I don't have to um, worry about, I don't know, my weak, 401k or something not being enough yeah. or the stock market tanking or something stupid um, 10 years from now, buy gold, yeah. <laughs> <I felt laughs> right. get into recycling, <laughs> get into green recycling. So yeah, anyways, and, um, oh, I don't know. That's
1: great advice. That's, that's the I, I, you know, again, that's great insight. I think that a lot of us aren't looking that way. Right? Again, I think that the, the, your typical, you know, CMOs are your, your marketing execs. They always think that way. Right. Cause again, mm. They're, you know, again, think about it. I think I look at marketing as that, as the, you know, again, it's needed, but they spend more money than us, right? But they're always acceptable because they, they, they're they able to move that bottom line,
0: right? Uh, sales fix all problems, man. You yeah. you have Mark Cuban as just some guy that you follow on LinkedIn, whoever that dude is, yeah. Mark Cuban. But he says, yeah. what does he say? He says, sales fix all problems. It is. So Absolutely. even if you can't get the MBO from your own company or whatever it is, but I'm sure there's a lot of IT things, a lot of uh, other applications, other companies, other vendors, Yeah. Th- stupid thought Absolutely. leadership stuff. And, and I think stuff. the key on
1: that is tracking, right? Understanding your your data analytics. Uh, you know, We do such a hard time of, we use a lot of, uh, of data analytics on the, the company itself, but what about your self-value as a data analyst as well? Like, what have you saved on your bottom line? What have you kind of, where have you pushed the button? Where have you made movements to, to generate revenue as well as save revenue? I'm saying our e-wake program does make, you know, a significant amount of money a year. Not a huge amount, but enough to, you know, supply five people to work there as well as possibly and we're looking at ways to expand that. How do we how do we even get better at that kind
0: of so there are opportunities. Also. So the, the, that's the low hanging fruit. So now that you got the MBO ID in the back of your head, just go look for all the stuff that you've never reported on. Yeah and have that in your back pocket to whip out. Yeah, you know impressive. like it's oh, like yeah. the sales guy. But, it's like what, the sales what, guy at the hit quota.
1: Yeah I but ID is famous for over the years, you know this is like we don't we don't we don't Celebrate our wins enough, right? A lot. It's always what's the next problem, right? Instead of celebrating our wins of like, hey, we're able to say, hey, you know what? In, in our team meetings that I have, you know, once a month, I'll say, what are, what do we do this last one, right? It went by so fast, and we're already on to the next set of things. What did we accomplish? What did we do? What yeah. we the,
0: the last outage cost us two thousand dollars, and we had no outages for twelve months, so we yeah, saved the, we saved the company like fifteen million. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if
1: that, you can demonetize that piece of advice from a point of view, like, you know, where did that come from? Uh, I'm going uh, to use that for my colo move,
0: right? <laughs> That'll be the goal. All right. Uh, it was uh, absolutely outstanding having you on the show. Absolutely. A lot of fun. Any uh, final words or, or words of wisdom or if there was any one thing you'd want to say to other people out there, maybe thinking of getting into IT or whatever it is that comes to the top of your head, what would that be?
1: Yeah. I think IT is changing. I think you know uh, over the years that you know it used to be the you know computer head just sitting in front of the keyboard. I think our our our, our role is more managed is more managing people and um, resources and vendors. Right, that's where our role is going to are because you know mm. our teams are getting smaller. We're outsourcing a lot of stuff, so vendors are a big piece of that, mm. as well as you know those relationships as we we grow to be successful. Mm. So the key to that is that you know, I, I think I deal with more people, you know, I would say problems, but, uh, you know, opportunities uh, <laughs> than I do sometimes dealing with actual IT issues, right? Because again, the smart people are down there, they're way smarter than me figuring all this stuff out. But I need to make sure that, hey, I gotta keep their head on a swivel That They're always making sure they're they're right, they're not looking to leave because there's so many opportunities out there. How do we progress them to, to, to feed them knowledge them, you know, give them opportunities to grow, not only personally, but also financially. So all those factors are in that we didn't have to worry about that before. You know, the IBM days was, hey, you got a job as a programmer, you're a programmer, 25 years you retired. It's not like that anymore. And as a manager, we need to foster that and say, people get tired of being that programmer. So you have to keep them excited. And like, hey, what do you want to do next? Do you want to go mm-hmm. into cybersecurity? Do you want to go into mm-hmm. network? You know, get yeah. How you keep them excited? How do you how do you promote them and stuff like that? So I think our job is changing from a you know a, a, just a keyboard typer to more of a leader management role in the organization.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's like a two part answer. First part answer was delegation is key. Uh, yep. Second part of that answer you said earlier in the show, which I actually wrote down, which I thought was pretty amazing, which is if you start something and then you get taken off of that task, it kind of deflates you. And then you said, I, I like. And then the next thing that you said was sitting down with people and and, and asking them what gets them up every day. Yeah. So if again, if,
1: I I'll be the first to admit I get lost in the weeds. Like I, I'm terrible. Like terrible. But you know, <laughs> you know, I, but when I get raised, when I'm a little bit up and I understand, I can see through the through the through the weeds. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, now I understand. I can see my objective. I can see where I need to go. Uh, you know, and not everybody's like that. Some people love being in the weeds. I'm just it's not my strong point.
0: Hmm. hmm. Outstanding. Well. Thank you so much for being on dissecting popular IT nerds. Uh, certainly a pleasure, and Absolutely. look forward to Absolutely. see look forward to see uh, you know the the digital transformation and what happens with that budget uh, conversation uh, next week or next month or whatever that is.
1: Absolutely sounds great.